So this is right at the front. Of okay. This but so you, you, you have a Patreon. Oh, I certainly do. Um, uh, <laughs> you startled me with that. Um, Sorry. Uh, yes. Yes, I do. It's where, uh, you know, because uh, I've been writing this column of Slack Drive for 33 years. So I, I started I'm putting the new ones up there because the guy who'd run it for the last what, 14 years uh, yeah. decided to retire. So, yeah. and so I had no home for it anymore. So I did that. And then uh, uh, there's also a uh, 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 an archive. It's a it's an ongoing process, but there's going to be an right. archive of pretty much everything uh, I did for newspapers uh, yeah. over the years, including you know all of my. I'm amazed at how often Chuds worked worked their way into my into my stories over the years. Right. And, uh, and then there's also going to be, uh, you know, access to new to a to a new novel, and oh. other weird and unavailable stuff after that. Oh, so that's great. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's actually going surprisingly well. I was oh, uh, hesitant for a long time, but um, uh, I feel like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> You know. Oh, what? Because you, because uh, he would kind of Patreon for the day the cr- the clown died. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of, of the Jerry Lewis telethon. Oh, I'm oh, yeah, that's begging, b- b- yeah, it's the other Jerry Lewis b- begging begging yeah. people for money, uh, yeah. waiting uh-huh. to deliver these giant novelty checks. So. <laughs> <laughs> members of the, uh, you know, the Shriners. Uh, right, right, right. But, well, they, but we, so people join, and I'll put the link to your Patreon okay. on the, the show notes. Oh, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, tr- I'm trying to trick you into doing my podcast again. Oh, and that's, that's, <laughs> no, of course you put that. Uh, yeah, we can, we can make an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, um, but so you know, people sign up for it and they get you know, like your yeah archives of of Slack Chug going back to going back decades, right? Nineteen eighty seven is when oh, it man. started, and I have the <laughs> I have the first fifteen years up. I'm up to two thousand two right now. Oh my goodness! Yeah, all right, yeah, all right. And and you're gonna get the book, and and um, yeah, and then the and then the new column goes up. That still goes up every week. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you very much. For, uh, of course, asking. no. I uh, I want people to know about that, yeah. and also to remind myself to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human, unauthorized for anything experimental. Hold it! They stop moving up ahead at the top and unlikely to bring anyone down there. So, they're coming up. Chud. Good evening, and welcome to Cinema Death Cult, a eulogy for the death of motion pictures in podcast form. Tonight, I'll be discussing the 1980s 
uh, horror, docudrama, uh, oft misunderstood cult classic, perhaps, Chud. And I am once again joined by uh, the great novelist, memoirist, and uh, all-around swell guy, Jim Kniffel. Well, Adam, thank you for having me back. I'm so happy to have you. I'm, I'm actually shocked you would have me back. <laughs> no, of course, of course. I, I'm, I jumped at the chance because I watched Chud yesterday. Uh-huh. And it's, this is a weird movie. Wonderful, wonderful weird movie, yeah. Yeah, but it, it seems like it doesn't do a lot of things that movies normally do. Uh-huh. And I felt, and I was wondering just why you could talk about why this movie feels like that or why it's so special. You know, I think... Well, in the 80s, in yeah. the 80s, the 80s were, uh, you know, you think about, you think about, specifically, you think about horror films in the 80s, yeah. and and uh, the the market was glutted uh, with uh, primarily slasher films and Stephen King ad- adaptations. Right. But at the same time, it was, it was a, you know, a golden era for cult films of all types. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we had things like, like Repo Man and Liquid Sky and uh, Buckaroo Banzai and things yeah. like that, uh, Human Highway. Uh, and within, within, you know, the, the, the horror genre, we also had a lot of weirdies. Um, like, uh, uh, you know, the Basket Case, Reanimator, Videodrome. Yeah, uh, um, the Phantasm movies and things like that, yeah. and I think I think Chud sort of fits in there, while at the same time being a real throwback to yeah. uh, to the, the kind of the classic fifties monster movies right. that were coming out of that were coming out of AIP uh, yeah. at the time, but uh, uh, but also I mean it it uh, you know you had these. Um, uh, very good, very talented um, character actors yeah. uh, who were playing adult roles, right. and uh, and it was also a, and it was also a film that was dealing with uh, you know with quietly not it wasn't too heavy handed a little heavy handed, but yeah. dealing with um, you know uh, 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 social themes you know right. uh, homelessness and uh, the environment and what have yeah. you. So, um, but, uh, uh, and in a way, I think, I think Chud, uh, arose from a, a number of different, uh, forces, a number of, uh, uh, different, um, uh, influences fed into yeah. it. Um, yeah. I mean, there were, there were, you know, you can point at a number of, a number of films that inspired it. Sure. Um, uh, I think, uh, uh, Lewis Teague's Alligator is a big one from yeah, 1980. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you had, uh, in, um, John Carpenter's, uh, Escape from New York, you had these, uh, these, uh, cannibals living in the sewers, yeah. you know, who would crawl out at night and go hunting. Yeah. Uh, there was Humanoids from the Deep, also from 1980. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, uh, Larry Cohen and Larry Cohen, because yeah. I think, uh, I think there's also a lot of Larry Cohen here. Now yeah. I've, I've not heard anybody who involved with the film mention any of these things, but maybe right. they wouldn't. Uh, 
But yeah, I was thinking of Q, but maybe that's just because it was a New York set movie. Exactly. I mean, Q's uh, Q uh, and uh, and It's Alive, <clears throat> or the It's Alive films as well. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's a, on the one hand, it's a very traditional monster movie. Where all of them are. Yeah. Um, but you have you have these. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, a lot of very interesting, you know, uh, characters. A lot of storylines going on that all come together. Yeah. Um, with these insane monsters yeah. <laughs> you know and larry cohen like like chad larry cohen used to shoot all of his movies uh, on location in or around yeah. new york whether or not he had uh, permits to do so oh. so <laughs> I, I didn't know that part i know yeah. that the movies you can tell because the movies look real yeah that a lot of new york set movies often don't like especially like in chad you know like the the opening scenes and uh, yeah, I mean that was the opening. The opening scene was shot outside uh, 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 the bar Max Fish on oh. uh, on the Lower East Side. Yeah, that, <laughs> I didn't make that connection. I, I knew it was the Lower East Side because they said yeah. they have the street the 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 street signs in the movie, right? Like right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh. it's it's funny that what they chose to have in the movie it looks so much more like. Um, the New York I, I remember from living and living there, which is a while ago. Right. Which is not the New York that exists today. Yeah. Like, like all the graffiti and, and buildings, like in this very specific way, like it almost has like a documentary look to it at times. Sure. Yeah. They, uh, you know, uh, um, yeah, you come to, you come to New York today. I mean, my wife and I walked, walked around the Lower East Side and we don't recognize a thing. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, the, um, we used to work in the Puck Building, yes. uh, the New York Press is where it used to be housed, yep. and uh, the Puck Building has now been completely gutted, and is a high-end fashion store. Oh, really? uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they pulled how they pulled that one off because uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, the, the New York New York is gone. New York, yeah. is, and especially the New York of you know from Chud and from the Larry Cohen films, yeah. is gone. Yeah, there's a site, and I. I I'm remiss for not sending this to you earlier, but I looked at this last night, but somebody went to the locations and took pictures, like took screenshots from Chud and then like swiped them. There's like a, a camera swipe and it goes to what uh -huh. it looks like today. Uh -huh. And it's, the the difference is startling, like how much uh, more antiseptic and cleaned up oh, all these God. look like. Oh God, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. It's very sad. I avoid Manhattan these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> avoided Manhattan for the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so one of the things that struck me while watching this, because you, you said it was a traditional monster movie, and right. I push back a little bit on that, be only because it doesn't have like that monster, it doesn't do a lot of things a monster movie does. Do, uh -huh. You know, like they don't have, there's no money shot, you know. Uh -huh. Let's do, they're very uh, sparing with the chuds, first of all. yeah. So, and it's a lot of like, uh, it almost feels like reading a book. Uh -huh. There's a lot of like, uh, okay, so I'm pregnant. We're going to go to the suburbs. Like all this like character, character building stuff. Right. That is, it enriches the story for sure. But there is no like um, tr trailer moment, you know, that, that the, the trailer moments seem, if you know, I'm sure like I'm talking to buzzwords. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
the character stuff seems to be like really emphasized a lot more. And I have a theory uh-huh. as to, I want you to talk about that for a second if you don't mind. And I have a theory as to why that is, which relates to something you talk, we talked about via email. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my thought wait, was wait, that- Wait, 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 run right. past me again? I'm sorry. <laughs> I wanted, to, I wanted to get your reaction to what I just said, first of all, and then I had something to follow it up with. Okay. No, I think I think you're absolutely uh, you're absolutely right in that. Yeah. I mean, it is it's much uh, it's much more character driven than it is monster driven. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a there's a reason you know you don't really get to see the monsters and that was because the suits were very silly they looked <laughs> like they looked like angry frogs yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh you know so, but um uh but yeah it was a it was a film more about kind of atmosphere and 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 human storylines yeah um with uh uh the chuds were almost the chuds themselves were almost you know MacGuffins. Yeah, uh, in the in the film, and it almost feels like uh, well, the thing I wanted to follow up with was I was wondering if that was because of who wrote the two screenwriters yeah. were not 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 professional script writers at all. Right. Well, here's the story as I understand it. There are a lot of conflicting stories out there. Yeah. Um, uh, depending on depending on who you talk to, um, the story arose originally uh, during a uh, uh, well director Douglas Cheek who had only directed one other thing he's mostly an editor yeah. you know he's uh, he's a documentary editor um, he uh, was just having some friends over uh, for a few beers in his backyard and I think just as a just for fun they were they were coming up with um, fake acronyms and uh, then you know, trying to trying to come up with what those acronyms could stand for. Yeah. So and someone came up with Chud, uh, yeah. which led to cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, and yeah. something you know something clicked, and uh, so his friend, uh, who was also there as I understand it, Shep Abbott, uh, wrote a script. Now, in the in the original script, yeah. um, the chuds were not um, angry frogs with a lot of teeth. Yeah. It was actually uh, they were actually um, you know homeless people living in the tunnels, yeah. uh, who you know were driven mad, and uh, 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 you know and became mutated by these. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the toxic waste that was being stored under there, uh, yeah. they were they were still very human, but you know they had teeth and claws and stuff. In fact, um, the the wonderful scene in the movie with Val, the homeless guy with the knife, yeah. who who gives that wonderful monologue, uh, he was supposed to be kind of a transitional character, or he was he was transitioning at the time. Uh, yeah to into a chud state yeah um and but uh but the producers um felt that they needed real monsters Mm. so they um they also needed a shower scene 
uh, which they didn't have in the original script. Yeah. So they uh, they can ship Abbott. They you know left him with a story credit. Yeah. Uh, and they brought in uh, Parnell Hall. Now yeah. uh, Parnell had worked with um, the producer Andrew Bonheim. Uh, yeah. For a few years, he had written he had written like four or five scripts, but none of them, nothing had come of any of them. Right. Um, the producer figured that he could get, uh, you know, he could get the the backing for a monster movie, but yeah. they wanted monsters, so right. Parnell, you know, wrote the wrote the script and and added these uh, added these creatures, uh, yeah. you know, instead of uh, instead of just deformed homeless people. Um, and he added the shower scene, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's funny now how you know you, you talk to these people. Everyone takes credit for right. for um, for the good parts right. of the movie. <laughs> so um, <laughs> right. and they all want to run away from the parts they're embarrassed by, or right? Their parts, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, so, but I, I was trying to, uh, yeah, I looked, I found some stuff about the, the production and it seems like, uh, Shep Abbott, like he was one and done with the film industry and I couldn't find it. No, no. In fact, uh, it's funny how many people involved with, uh, with Chud, it was the last, it was the last movie that they were involved with. Yeah. Um, there was, there was Shep, there was, uh, uh, there's Par- Parnell Hall. Uh, Andrew Bonheim, and there's a weird story here. Um, he never produced another film after that. Yeah. Um, Douglas Cheek never uh, directed another film after that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the actors for whom this was their their screen debut went on to wonderful things. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, or, or less than wonderful, depending on how you feel about the Home Alone franchise. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that's a you know it's a it's a franchise that that would have benefited from the introduction of a few chuds uh, you know i gotta say though i watched the home alone with my six-year-old daughter and all the slapstick scenes where uh-huh. like daniel stern and joe piscopo are falling and getting hurt uh-huh killed yeah and i was I was howling with laughter, and so she. And so, yeah, uh, there's a lot of irritating stuff in those movies. Right. When, it, when it goes to full, like, Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, uh-huh. you can't argue with it. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, um, and just, yeah, it's, it's a weird coincidence that both uh, the dad from Home Alone and one of the crooks from Home Alone is in this movie. Right. And, and, uh, and, uh, uh, Christopher Curry, who plays the police uh, uh, chief, uh, he was in Part Three. He was in Home Alone Part Three. Yep. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> they must be big Chud fans. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, 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 and I'll get back on track in a second. But the yeah. the, the cop who goes in with the with the uh, flamethrower. Yeah. The, the black cop. Yeah. So yeah, he's a he's a big character around uh, Montclair, New Jersey. He actually owns a store. The actor owns like a store. He's like a very visible guy. Oh wow! Yeah, he owns this like he must have married some English woman or something because they like sell like an English food store. You know, okay. Food. And so he's there all the time. Like he works there. So I'm thinking about just going in and buying like a mince pie and being like, <laughs> "So you're in Shud, huh? <laughs> what was that like?" <laughs> 
Yeah. But um, yeah, Dan. So Daniel Stern, this was like an early role for him, right? Yeah. Well, he started. He, I think his first big role was in Breaking Away in okay. 1980 and i mean he was in a he was in a bunch of stuff before you got to chud yeah um and then since then i mean he was in uh uh you know woody allen films and yeah other things and, and since then he's just been in he was in blue thunder yeah before that in fact that's a that's an interesting see as the script was originally written he was supposed to daniel stern was supposed to be playing a rookie cop oh. um and he uh, didn't want to play a rookie cop because he had just played a rookie cop in Blue Thunder. Okay. Uh, so he wrote, he created this character yeah. of uh, of uh, AJ, you know, the yeah. reverend of the soup kitchen, and uh, and he just he insisted that uh, that it be worked into the worked into the script. Yeah, so. yeah, it worked, and it's cool. It's a great character and it's a really good performance. Also, he. Uh, I, and I read something about the the Blu-ray release, and I guess there's a um, what do you call it, a commentary track with the uh -huh. cast. And I and I think the actors say that he contributed a lot of the story. That Daniel Stern like wrote uh -huh. a lot of stuff that ended up in that. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He and uh, and Christopher Curry both um, contributed to to the script. They were never credited, but yeah. uh, um, uh, it was a that's a that's another case where everybody's. Everybody's taking credit for um, Val, the homeless guy's monologue. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was of 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 all of all the actors in that movie. Um, he's probably been the busiest since the nineteen seventies. In fact, when he made uh, when he made Chud, he was a regular on two soap operas at the same time. Huh. And I, but I can't picture him. I can only picture him as Val. Right. And so I picture him in these soap operas as Val. Yeah. You know, there's some days, some days like, uh, you know, Percy Danford, Davenport may have cancer, <laughs> but he's still trying to make moves to take over the company. Right. What do you think we should do? Yeah. And then Gog? Yeah. Then Magog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like, done, done, done. It's it was his twin the whole time. Yeah, his identical <laughs> twin. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's interesting, and also the lady, the the, the female lead, uh, the, the actress. I Kim Grace. Yeah, so who went on to to Brazil and Best in Show, and that was her first movie too. Yeah, yeah. And she's it was a girl mama from the train. Yeah, yeah. So she got very quickly sanitized too, from Chud to. Yeah. To, to family, like, well, I guess it's not family friendly. That's yeah. a dark kind of movie, but still, it's a Billy Crystal movie, right? <laughs> so, and uh, and I know it was it was uh, it was Jay Thomas' first film. Actually, it was Christopher yeah. Curry's first film. I mean, he and John. Good. I mean, it was almost he he'd been in uh, the Survivors and uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, okay. Uh, prior yeah. to that, just prior to that. But yeah. uh, but yeah, I think it was a it was a big stepping stone for uh, yeah. for John Goodman, right? And it's weird to see all these famous people in this movie that feels so grubby and yeah. underground. The whole yeah, thing. not literally underground. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, so, but like this is another thing. So people still say Chud. Like I think that's the most lasting thing about this movie. Is yeah, talk about Chuds all the time and right. Reference. It's, I, 
I don't know if you were aware, but it's kind of become a slang term for um, MAGA people. Like, uh, oh, Trump really? People. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know that I knew that. That makes me very sad. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> no, maybe it maybe it makes sense. Maybe there are there are there the MAGA people are like angry frogs. They are, oh. but I've uh, it, it. I think it's a little unfair to judge. Honestly. It's very it's it's very unfair to judge. So, you know, I think what when I when I said it made me sad, I just hate seeing it co opted in right. in, yeah. in such a way. But you know, yeah. it's but it's 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 interesting. It's like uh, you know uh, uh, you know we. I haven't talked about this yet, but it, you know the, you know if you want to trace back the idea of things living in the sewers, yeah, um, you know it goes back to the twenties and thirties. Um, yeah. Actually, the the uh, specific origin of the story was on the February tenth, nineteen thirty five edition of the New York Times. Uh, yeah. You can you can look it up. It's um, uh a bunch of kids up in the Bronx were shoveling snow mm-hmm. and uh, just dumping the snow down an open manhole cover or down an open manhole. And uh, and this six-foot alligator appeared mm-hmm. at the entrance. And yeah. uh, one of them went and grabbed a rope and, and uh, they lassoed it, dragged it out and lashed it to a lamppost and beat it to death. Uh Saving, wow. saving New York once again. You figure if it was, kind of, yeah. Well, and also I, I feel, I feel for the alligator because it was probably yeah. nauseous and woozy coming out of the sewers at that point. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, but so the so the legend, the urban legend, which is probably yeah. one of the, the you know the best known of uh, of our urban legends, you know, start arose from that moment, and. Uh, the idea that people had like baby alligators and they got rid of put them in the right. toilet or something. Right. So um, you know what's weird is that uh, earlier than that, in the late twenties, early thirties, um, there was a bit of alligator mania uh, around yeah. New York, mostly out on Long Island, uh, where alligators were popping up in people's backyards and parks and yeah. golf courses. I mean, they had to, at least two occasions. They had to uh, you know gather these cops into hunting parties and send them out to, you know, heavily armed yeah. uh, into, into city parks uh, on Long Island to try and, you know, track down and bag these gators. But it was, yeah. with the, it was with that story in the Times that it actually moved into the city and moved, yeah. under, you know, moved underground. And yeah, nobody, the, 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 the flushing the baby alligators is the, is the standard story. Nobody really knows mm-hmm. uh, how that got down there. Yeah, and then you know, over time, uh, you know, the, the menagerie that was living in the sewers, yes, uh, began to began to grow and expand. Uh, yeah. the, the gators themselves uh, kind of evolved. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, so it was inevitable that at some point people would start thinking about you know humans living down there, which they right. were, but uh, yeah. That people could were no longer fit to live above ground. Right. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, I'm. You're you're absolutely not interrupting me. Oh. I just keep saying right because I'm really enjoying everything you're saying. Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry about that. No, let's so, but let's talk about. Let's get rid of the sea for a second and the oid. I guess let's talk about humans underground. Yeah. In New York City. What 
What was that all about? Well, no, it was it was true. It was. Uh, I mean, and what's what's interesting? I mean, again, we mentioned John Carpenter kind of hinting at it, uh, yeah. and it was nine nine years after Chud that um, uh, what's her name Jennifer uh, uh, Toth, I think. yeah Jennifer Toth yeah. uh, put out uh, put out uh, what was a best selling turned out to be a best selling book called The Mole People right. about the about the communities who lived who lived under there and I actually knew somebody. Um, yeah. Uh, he uh, himself uh, wrote a book called uh, Grand Central Winter about his yeah. time living in the tunnels. Um, but, but people uh, have questioned the veracity of uh, Toth's book. Yeah? Yeah, like I think, um, well, sort of our fellow New York Press affiliate, uh, Cecil Adams. I think oh, I God, it. yeah. Yeah, made a big stink about it. So ah. It didn't hold up. But, but then... You know, there's also that, that documentary, Dark Days. Which I have not seen. It's pretty, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Actually. Yeah, I, I watched the first, it's it's good. It's like black and white and very grubby and just uh-huh. uh, just a series of inter, dark interviews with homeless people. Okay. So, so I, I don't know if, you know, if, if that's something you want to watch or not, but uh but there seems to be documentary evidence, perhaps like gen- the the Toth book. There are some yeah. things about that, w- that were, I don't know, a little shaky. But it seems like there's documentary evidence of people living underground. Yeah, I mean, like uh, like the the fellow I know, Lee Stringer, yeah. um, who who wrote about his account under there. Um, yeah. I mean, he was down there, and um, I know. Uh, I mean, he certainly knew of other people who were down there at the time. This is. Uh, this is again back in back in the eighties. He was down there. Yeah, but, where uh, where were where were people, and what were they living like? I I know that um, the there were uh, there were definitely people in the because there are so many forgotten tunnels. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean, uh, the the city is just honeycombed with probably well over a thousand miles of tunnels. Yeah. For uh, you know the trains and the sewers and everything else, um, you know uh, uh, the steam and water pipes, but w- there are tunnels down there that have just been forgotten. We nobody knows what they were for in yeah. the first place. Yeah. Um, so it only makes it only makes sense that uh, you know eventually humans would find their way down there, you know, yeah. for uh, for the protection. Um, so I know, uh, there was a, there was a small community, um, underneath, um, um, Grand Central Station, um, you know, in, uh, in abandoned, uh, abandoned train tunnels down there. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting. And then there in dark days, at at least, um, they have electricity. Uh There there are amenities that people could find or improvise access to. Right. So, like, like one of the early scenes, there's a guy like uh, shaving with an electric razor, uh-huh. which was kind of jarring. But um, but it shows kind of like uh, the ingenuity of it, and also it hints at something else, which I think people are fascinated by the possibility of of creation of a different society. Right? Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Like like not just mole like mole people that are running a whole different yeah. <laughs> way of life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, 
And so it seems like, is it fair to say that, so it's kind of like these, th those are kind of the two strands that are being pulled together for, for Chud? Yeah. Or is there more to it? Well, uh, then there's another one, uh, oh. another strand we have. Uh, 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 I was just thinking about this the other day. I mean, do you remember the case of Love Canal? Uh, yeah. 19, yeah. yeah, 1978, this, the, this uh, uh, chemical company, this pesticide company, um, yeah. up in up around uh, Niagara Falls, New York, had been dumping um, these dioxins and pesticides in this, in this chemical dump. Uh, yeah. for decades and then just covered it all up just laid a whole bunch of dirt all over over the top of it sold yeah. that stretch of land to the city of niagara falls and they yeah. started they started building a suburb there then yeah. in 1978 all that toxic waste began bubbling up out of people's yards and into people's basements uh and it was um you know it was causing chromosomal damage yeah. To to people, and I think I think that's that's still another angle that uh, that you know led to you know what Chud turned out to be. You know, once we right. once you learn at the end what's really happening, and also yeah. and also in nineteen, um, you know, we're talking like in the middle of the Reagan administration, yeah. and uh, his um, Secretary of the Interior James Watt. Had um, absolutely no problems at all with you know uh, with you know, just dumping nuclear waste yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, other other toxins and you know wherever wherever he could find room parks you know it, yeah uh, it was uh, he was a he was a gem that guy <laughs> so so it's a weird mix of sort of. Um, I wouldn't say groundless, but sort of like, let's say, irrational anxiety and yeah. real-world dangers that were in the news, right? Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say groundless. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. I'm not find the right word, but it's like, like they're, like they're, I don't I mean, know if even irrational cuts it, like things that are kind of slip out of, slip in and out of reality. When right, you, right. You know, and, and we've always... You know, if uh, if if you live here, uh, you know, you always have to wonder. You know, there we we do have these anxieties and fears about what's what's really, you know, living down there. Yeah. Um, so. Anything? Really... Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. No, 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 no. I insist. <laughs> <laughs> you think that that's what it drives like the appeal of this movie is that it taps into those kind of anxieties i think i think absolutely uh okay. absolutely it does but it it does so in a you know in a fun way i mean it's not a movie yeah. that takes itself seriously it's yeah, uh, it's not true. uh you know it's not you know driving these points home about uh uh, you know, hammering hammering you over the head with uh, you know the homeless situation, yeah. or uh, you know, or you know, environmental issues. Uh, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's it's kind of a lighthearted look. <laughs> 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 yes, at these terrible things we do to one another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and because like we had talked earlier about kind of feeling bad for chuds and yeah. The movie kind of wants you to feel bad for Chuds. It makes a really good argument. Right. That. 
because they're mutated homeless people. Right, exactly. It's like they 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 don't mean to be that way. No, you know? uh, they've they've been driven. You know, they've been driven completely mad. Uh, yeah, uh, and you know, turned into these frog creatures. Yeah, so it's interesting that you'd kind of expect the climax of the movie to be something very different than what the uh-huh. climax of the movie is. Yeah. Like, um, like a Chuds versus, well, anybody, honestly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is, which is weird to me. Uh, well, that may have been, uh, that, that may have been a, a, a budgetary concern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we can't really film this. We have two suits, okay? We have yeah. two two chud suits. We can't really pull that off. So, let's just uh let's just close up all the subways and gas them. Yeah. Yeah, then never see them again. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is very interesting. Like uh and do you think that the film suffers because of that or do you think it's better because of that? I don't know. Like I'm I don't know. Well, you know what? It's uh now the see when I first saw it, uh, and this was the distributors doing, uh, yeah. the final shot of the film was uh, was uh, the two cops, John Goodman and Jay, uh, uh, what's his name? Jay uh, Thomas. Thank you. Uh, in the in the diner, huh. and the final shot was something bursting through the front door, and the two of them looking. It's freeze frame. Yeah. Um, now I don't know which version you saw because that was originally supposed to take place about twenty minutes before the end of the film. I saw it earlier. That's the version. This shows on Amazon Prime. By okay. The way. Yeah, you can watch it for free. And, okay. Uh, yeah, the version I saw is like the eighty-eight minute version, and that happens earlier. Okay. So yeah. then, then that was you saw the version as it was intended. Because oh, okay. the because the version the version I saw that ends you know with the diner, um, yeah. you know opens up the door, yeah, and says okay there are still chuds out there, yeah. Though uh, the uh, yeah the uh, the ending now that the version you saw is uh, yeah it's mighty anticlimactic, um, yeah. You know we 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 get rid of Mister Whipple, um, yeah. But uh, but that's is that uh, the nuclear commission guy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, George Martin. Uh this yeah. was his this was his first feature too. He'd okay. done some T V movies prior to that. But uh okay. after he produced all the Beatles albums. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was it was the Beatles, then yeah. he was Don't Squeeze the Charmin. Yeah. Then it was then it was Chud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's had a he's had a, a very lively career. Yeah. Uh, admirable. But he's the main villain of the movie. Yeah, more so than the Chuds, which is interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it and it's it was also interesting because if you you know grew up with him on the TV commercials as as I did, it yeah. it was uh, it was very jarring to see him taking this villainous turn. I mean, it was interesting to see him. Uh, you know, you you always you always expected that just right underneath the surface of Mister Whipple. You know, <laughs> you know, one of these days he was just going to go off and pull out an axe when someone yeah. was squeezing and squeezing the charm. And yeah. but uh, yeah, he was the real villain of the of the of the movie, and yeah. uh, and they got rid of him in a you know fiery way. So yeah. And then it seems like everything 
is resolved in a way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the other thing. That the, the ending of the movie is that it it's sort of it ends a little bit on a cliff note because uh-huh. like okay we we gas all the chuds but nobody double checks their work. Right. No. Yeah. No. And uh, and in fact there is a I mean we're not even going to bring up uh, the supposed sequel. Uh, oh, Bud the Chud. Bud, Bud the Chud. Uh, yeah. Absolutely no relation to uh, to the original, save for the name. Yeah, um, it's one of those. Well, it's one of those movies that simply doesn't exist, like, <laughs> like Godfather Three or Jaws Three yeah. D or Return of the Jedi. Um, it, <laughs> it it was never made. No one ever saw it. Yeah, um, yeah. but um, and best we never speak of it again. <laughs> but I was. Um, after I did that story for the press, right, the 2004 it, story, right, right. What was the headline on that again? Do you remember? I should bring it up if you don't. What was the headline? Uh, oh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was um, something like New York City's secret war with uh, with Chuds. Okay, something along those lines. Um, yeah, because I mean that was a that was a it was an interesting time uh, as far as you know Chud. Uh, mythology goes because that i mean it just seemed to show evidence i mean well the story argued right that yeah. the chud was actually a docudrama uh, recounting yeah. events that took place in 1982 yeah um in which you know the subways at the end the subways were shut down for 24 hours and everything was gassed but over the years as you got you know uh, 20 years down the line um there were Strange things were happening in the subways, and you know, the, uh, nobody could really uh, explain them because they're all happening at once. You know, the electrical system yeah. was going crazy. Uh, lo- you know, lines were being shut down for a day here and there randomly. There were fires that were cropping up out of nowhere, yeah. um, and I, you know, I, I argued that this, you know, the only plausible explanation is you know, the next generation of chuds. And, mm-hmm. and this was, uh, this was only fed by, mm-hmm. <laughs> by police commissioner, Ray Kelly, Ray, yep. Ray Kelly. I love that man. He was Ray mm-hmm. Kelly had a tendency during yeah. his press conferences to just drop things in out of nowhere mm-hmm. that no one was ever asking about. And, yeah. and, uh, I mean, he did it with the ninja burglar. He's the one who, who like kickstarted the whole uh, ninja burglar uh, urban legend. Um, um, okay, you gotta you gotta give me at least a minute on what the ninja burglar was. I don't uh, remember it. And it's okay. So intriguing. Okay, ninja burglar, late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, there was a, there was a, a guy. This was all out. This was all on Staten Island. Okay. Uh, guy heard a noise. In his in his you know kitchen, he went downstairs. This is the middle of the night. He said there was a guy dressed in full ninja gear. Yeah. In his in his kitchen, and yeah. he said you know that he grabbed a scissors or a knife and he stabbed him, and uh, and uh, said the guy you know ran away, uh, yeah. never stole anything, never made a sound, and didn't bleed. Uh <laughs> So when he yeah. was reporting on it, when Ray Kelly was giving a press conference the next day, yeah. he just 
he just offhandedly mentioned, yeah, this is the 12th time the ninja burglar has been seen. (laughs) Wait, wait a second. (laughs) And then after that, every single burglary that took place on Staten Island was by the ninja burglar. If people didn't see him, it it didn't matter if they were, you know, if they were burgled, it was the ninja burglar. A couple Mm -hmm. people do claim to have seen him and he was doing ninja-y things, you know, leaping out of third floor windows and (laughs) and landing needles and running stars or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, the first guy claimed that he had, that he had nunchucks with him and that he, he, he beat him soundly with the nunchucks. But, uh, (laughs) It was a fucking insane story. So Mark Kelly was he he somehow alluded to Chuds or something. Yeah, like he's what, he's what, giving what? a press conference about all these things happening in the subway, uh, and out of nowhere he says, "You know, I know there's a lot of talk about about communities of creatures that are living down here in the tunnels." And I just want you to know that that's simply not the case. It was the case 10, 15 years ago, but it's no longer the case now. So wait a second. (laughs) Back up there a second, Mr. Kelly. (laughs) I have a question for you. (laughs) So. uh, Yeah, that's like a a book report. Yeah. Just the end. Yeah. So he acknowledged the existence of communities of creatures. Yeah. 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 So. And, yeah. And so obviously the creatures are the most intriguing part of that equation. Yeah. The, so. And so basically, yeah, Ray Kelly came out and said, okay, there are chuds down here, people. We've just got to get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Not terrible advice. Yeah. yeah. Just got to rush through, through the, uh, to the acceptance point. Yeah. Least, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're not denying anymore. You gotta just get to acceptance. The and well, to get back to the movie, yeah. yeah so I, I think that because of the flattening effect of of time. Uh-huh. So now I think of like these '80s kind of creature. I think it's one thing like '80s creature movies, like Gremlins or um, Ghoulies or things uh-huh. like that. And I think it's 90 percent because of the the. The cover, the poster, yeah, like, popping out of the, um, you know, the, the sewer. sewer and stuff. Yeah, great poster. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, but it's not like those movies. Uh huh. Yeah, and I think when people see, you know, what's I, that? oh, go ahead. No, I want you to go. No, 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 no. Your show, sir. Yeah, no, just like I think that people expect it to be like ghoulies or gremlins, and then they're disappointed. Right. And and uh, and so I think that it gets kind of a bad rap. Just you know what? It gets a very bad rap. Um, and I have a theory. Okay. Um, yeah, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't as overtly funny. You know, yeah. as 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 you know, ghoulies or gremlins or. Some of the uh, some of the others, um, but uh, I mean, it was uh, it, uh, you know it was a film that was. I mean, it was even if a, even if not in a, uh, you know taking itself very seriously. I mean, it was dealing with some serious issues, um, right. and the chuds, you know, unlike 
you know, unlike gremlins, you know, they weren't particularly funny in and of themselves. But I think um, the, the two reasons the movie has gotten such a bad rap is, um, is one, uh, you know, the, uh, they think of it just as this, you know, um, uh, rubber suit movie. Yeah. Um, you know, this kind of cheap, this, you know, this, this no budget rubber suit movie. And it's, it's much, much more than that. I think much more damning though, is that, uh, is the title because it's just too much fun to say, Yes. you know, because in, um, I forget what year it was, um, those snobs at the criterion collection put out yes. You put out this press release saying, announcing it was an April Fool's joke, announcing yeah. that they were going to release a uh, a remastered two disc edition. Uh, you know, and their their snob fans right. uh, uh, went into an uproar over this. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think well, I thought they might have just like chortled with ironic. Oh, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what I used to call the Angelica titter. Um, titters you heard from the audience at the Angelica Theater, right? Um, uh, but the um, uh, you know they could have they could have done it. The, the Criterion people could have pulled the same joke, but it would have been much less effective had they gone with one of the other you know low budget monster movies like Parasite or Creature. It's not right. nearly as effective, I think, because Chud is more fun to say and yeah. and it really had entered the consciousness because everybody knows what chud is yeah right what why is it in the consciousness do you think well you know just what you were talking about earlier i mean i mean uh, i think uh you know just that phrase as you said is 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 something people know we've just come to yeah. we've just come to accept it you know, stop anybody on the street in in New York. They're gonna know what a chud is, yeah. um, unless now they think that they're a maggot people. Yeah, um, but I think uh, that'll fade away. Yeah, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, because at first it was maggot chuds, then that got just dropped to chud. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, I, and I think also um, they don't use the periods. Ah. Okay. It's not an acronym. Makes all the makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah. Because I think part of it is like knowing what the acronym is. Right. But there are two acronyms too. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um. Um. Then you know the other one. The other one was the the twist ending, and it, it was apparently a, a, a last minute decision. Yeah. To throw that to 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 throw that in at the end, but that's that's really the you know became the linchpin. Yeah. Of the of the film, you know. You know what? I'm sorry. There was just a truck going by. Yeah, no problem. I was saying you got a real loud truck there. The truck <laughs> there's probably filled with nuclear waste going into the tunnels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also the other thing I like about this is that it's like negligent. No, it's 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 labeled urban disposal. You know, contamination yeah. at urban disposal. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and even like the the flimsy cover story, which is an admission of guilt. Like the guy's like, 
oh yeah so there's this uh nuclear waste and uh-huh. you know it got tied up and we couldn't get it out of the city right no we know you are never going to try to get out of the city. yeah which is very interesting uh-huh yeah i don't know if the you know but it seems like this this movie it it you got to pay attention to it a little bit you got to kind of work with it i think a little bit right i it, you know, like I, I don't think I could just recommend this to a friend to have a good time after a couple of years. Uh huh. Yeah. You feel that way? Uh You know, I recommend it to everybody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and then you know, and then I use their their responses to it to uh, to uh, gauge them personally. Right. Right. Uh-huh. See, like as what I was talking about before, why I brought up the. This, the people, the writers, the three writers, I yeah. guess, if you Daniel Stern, yeah, them, like being really script writer people, right? It, there's someone like it feels like this should be a book. It feels like there should be a book of Judd. <laughs> well, oh, of, you know? it's interesting that you should say that uh, because I just finished last night. Well, of course, there was the novelization. Uh, oh, what's that? There was the novelization, which I. See, I used to have the world's largest collection of novelizations. I lost them all in a flood. Um, But Chud was always my, uh, uh, you know, that's the one I was always looking for. Yeah. And uh, uh, whenever I saw it, people were asking, you know, $3 for it. Well, I'm not going to pay $3 for a novelization. Mm-hmm. I refuse to pay more than 50 cents for a, <laughs> for a novelization. Yeah. And now, of course, the Chud novelization is selling for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. But there was a... Uh, so, that aside, I uh, 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 just finished this last night. There was a book that came out in 2018 uh that's an anthology called chud lives or chud lives okay that's a uh, along with a couple of interviews of the uh involved parties uh the the core of the book is like 17 or 18 short stories yeah. built on chud mythology um okay. and a lot of it's actually uh so, you know, shocks the hell out of me a lot of it's really good you know, they really? they give backstories to minor characters and you know yeah. various people. So there's a there's actually there's a Chud book out there. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I mean, somebody of course needs to do the the real Chud history. Somebody needs to do the nonfiction investigative work. Yeah, uh, well, I think into, I'm talking to that person. <laughs> at the very moment. <laughs> so God, speaking yeah. of which. I'm sorry, this is off on another tangent. No, go ahead. Uh, there's, when I did that, after I did that story in 2004, yeah. um, I was contacted by um, by Douglas Cheek, by uh, Andrew Bonheim, and by Shep Abbott. Yeah. And, I mean, they were all very happy. Uh, yeah. And Shep sent me just this packet of Chud material. Yeah. Uh including, I mean, other reviews and press releases and all this other stuff. And, and also um, his first draft of a real Chud sequel. Oh. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to work on it with him. And, well, of course I wanted to work on it with him. <laughs> uh, so it's fucking Chud. It's Chud yeah. 2. You're like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
the, the 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 bare bones plot line in that one was that uh, was that the the government having created chuds was now trying to um, they put uh, electronic implants in their brains to try and control them to use them as weapons. Ah, and there's okay. a control room, not the most original idea, but uh, you know there's a control room uh, built down in the built down in the sewer uh, where yeah. they you know uh, could trap them all. Uh, yeah. The heroes of the story were uh, a group of uh, fast talking uh, skate punks. Um, because because Shep runs, I don't know yeah. if he still does. At the time, uh, Shep ran this kind of um, art and performance space and youth center uh, oh. in uh, in Massachusetts. He's a very very nice guy. Uh, oh wow! And uh, but after uh, two or three passes on this yeah. on this script, I started thinking. Wait, I, I remember that movie that doesn't exist, and I thought. <laughs> Well, who owns the rights? Because if we don't have access to the rights, then yeah. there's no point in doing this. And so I got back in touch with Andrew Bonheim, who said, uh, uh, who told me straight out, he said, that film's been sold so many times, nobody knows who owns the rights anymore. <laughs> so that was kind of the end of that. Uh, that was kind of the end of that uh, 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 little adventure into screenwriting. And but you found um, you found Shep Abbott to be a, a very nice man. Yeah, yeah, Shep was great. That's uh. interesting because I found um, it's not on. Well, I'll, I'll send you this thing. It's on the archive, you know, Internet Archive. It's something like two thousand two. Uh huh. Juicer wrote something about the movie. Like when I guess when it came out on DVD, there's this commentary track, and I think he got a little bad mouthed in it or something. Uh. Yeah, the, the actor said they, they still they, he still owes them money. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. that's you know what I have. That's the version of the film that I have. Greatest audio commentary ever because oh, yeah. okay. because they get really drunk and they just start <laughs> bad mouthing everybody. Uh, <laughs> so it's a very very yeah. funny lively uh, uh, audio commentary. But yeah, yeah Bonheim, Bonheim came back on. Uh, I know that he posted something uh, telling he his something, Yeah, and it's not, the, the archive of it is still online. Okay. And he was describing the, the working with, uh, with Shep Abbott, and he was, Shep Abbott comes out off as kind of feral as a uh -huh. writer. He didn't know what he was doing. Well, he, I'd, I'd ask him for rewrites, and uh, I'll just get back like more or less gibberish. I'm like, uh -huh. Like an interest, interesting character, I thought. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, I'll, just from my own experience with him, very, very nice guy. Not yeah. not a professional writer. Right, um, okay. Or professional screenwriter. Yeah. But, uh, but I still, I liked him. I liked him a good deal. That's and great. I will, and I give, I give all Chud credit to him. Yeah. Well, I think I think you can probably solve the rights thing. Or right, here's my thought. So uh -huh. my first response, you just need to uh, nuance the acronym just a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, Chad. 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 Chess. <laughs> Chess. Something. Then, you know, uh -huh. 
then yeah, then then wouldn't that free up everything, and you could bring and you know get Daniel Stern on the phone? Um, that's uh, that's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, if I can find the script <laughs> around here someplace, <laughs> I, I think it wouldn't be quite as effective. Yeah. So, actually, speaking of which, here's a question I wanted to ask you. In the sure. end, because you've sort of you've sort of hinted at this, uh, uh, do you think if they had gone with the original idea of just these, uh, uh, you know, these uh, scraggly, sharp-toothed homeless people, yeah. you know, mutated homeless people, instead of uh, instead of the rubber suits, do you think the film would have had as lasting an effect as it has. I, I, you know, that's a really good question. I've been asking myself that throughout this conversation because I don't know if it works in spite of the rubber suits or partially because of it. Right. Because you have the rubber suit stuff, and then and I'm sorry. Can you move away from your speaker again? I'm. Uh, ah, you know before. what? I just I just whacked it. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was getting excited. Uh, oh, good. good. <laughs> Well, because like what's what's interesting about the movie, so you, then you do, uh, among other things, but you have this like real stuff behind it. Like you have stuff about the alligators in the sewers, right. and people live on the ground, and there's this like kind of documentary feel. But then you have the absolute absurd fakery of the rubber suit monsters, right? And that becomes interesting, like that that um, contrast, you know, uh-huh. that conflict between the, the the fakery and this realness of it, right? And so. That's great, but then also you can see that's where the the, the low budget really fucks the movie up. Right. Then you know, like you want it to kind of have this big, you know, climactic, you know, orgasmic fucking uh-huh. like chud or something at the end. You know, right. and it doesn't happen, and and that then what what happens instead is very interesting. Okay, but so if they do just like makeup, like homeless people in makeup, uh-huh. like George Romero zombies, right. Basically, which I think, you know, maybe with more hair, but that's more or less what they had in mind, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, then you just put a bunch of people in makeup and have them all on the streets, and you have a George Romero scene in New York. Right. Like, that, I think that would be pretty good, but it wouldn't be a monster movie, it'd be a zombie movie. Right. Like the, like the, uh, like the sequel that doesn't exist. It's, <laughs> just a, it's just a zombie comedy that has nothing to do with, uh, has nothing to do with this. So, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think I think that's that's actually an excellent uh, that's actually an excellent point. Yeah, uh, and also I mean the rubber suits allow them to you know if anybody points out that what they're making is actually a docudrama when the yeah. city has been trying to you know just wipe all evidence of what actually happened in 1982, you know, yeah. on the rug, then the then the the rubber suits are actually a good cover story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because then you can have like no, we we're just making a movie. We right. weren't really, you know, about these, you know, frog creatures. Right. We weren't really giving you the code to crack the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> we weren't revealing uh, the secret yeah. Illuminati. <laughs> but um, do you think that the do you think it should be remade? There's some like there's been chatter about there's it. Been, for a- there's been chatter. Uh, uh, for a long time, and this is another thing. Going back to Andrew Bonham, when I when I was talking to him, you know, he said nobody knows where the rights are. But yeah. uh, uh, I just read an interview with him that was done shortly before he died uh, in 2018, um, yeah. 
where he said that he was contacted, you know, almost every day by somebody wanting to do a remake. Uh, yeah. He said that his uh, why, you know, if he doesn't own the rights, right. uh, then you know, I think he was just delusional. Um, yeah. But he was saying all these people who wanted to do a remake were, you know, leaving out just, and this is true of pretty much any remake that's ever been made. It's like the people who make them uh, somehow forget why the movie was, why the original film was as popular as it was or as lasting as it was. You yeah. know, they, they, they leave out those fundamental elements. Yeah. Um, and he was arguing that all the people who were contacting him were doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I have no idea what angle they intended to take. Um, I am not, uh, you know, as a rule, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the reboot of, yeah. of yeah. anything, you know, I, I prefer to leave things, you know, as, as they were, you know, the, uh, important to me for you know the reasons and the time and you know what these things were. I don't, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you want to do it CGI, you want to do whatever the hell. It's oh yeah, it's like yeah. I, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd, maybe you could do a, a long after sequel. Yeah, in the, in the spirit of the original. Yeah, but but I I think that uh, that just not get off the ground yeah. at all. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs>